Hey friends, welcome back to the Preacher Chick Podcast where we are reading the Bible together every day this year and we are trudging right along through 1 Kings and today is day 96 and we are reading 1 Kings 8 through 10 as well as Psalm 96. Let's go. At that time, Solomon assembled the elders of Israel, all the tribal heads, and the ancestral leaders of the Israelites before him at Jerusalem in order to bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant from the city of David, that is Zion. So all the men of Israel were assembled in the presence of King Solomon in the month of Ethanaim, which is the seventh month, at the festival. All the elders of Israel came, and the priests picked up the Ark. The priests and Levites brought the Ark of the Lord, the tent of meeting, and the holy utensils that were in the tent. King Solomon and the entire congregation of Israel who had gathered around him and were with him in front of the ark were sacrificing sheep, goats, and cattle that could not be counted or numbered because there were so many. The priests brought the ark of the Lord's covenant to its place into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place beneath the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim were spreading their wings over the place of the ark so that the cherubim covered the ark and its poles from above. The poles were so long that their ends were seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but they were not seen from outside the sanctuary. They are still there today. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had put there at Horeb, where the Lord had made a covenant with Israelites then when they came out of the land of Egypt. When the priests came out of the holy place, the cloud filled the Lord's temple, and because the cloud the priests were not, because of the cloud the priests were not able to continue ministering for the glory of the lord filled the temple then solomon said the lord said that he would dwell in total darkness i have indeed built and exalted a temple for you a place for your dwelling forever the king turned around and blessed the entire congregation of israel while they were standing he said blessed be the lord god of israel he spoke directly to my father david and has fulfilled the promise by his power He said, since the day I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city to build a temple in among any of the tribes of Israel so that my name would be there. But I have chosen David to rule my people Israel. My father David has his heart set on building a temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father, David, since your heart was set on building a temple for my name, you have done well to have this desired. You are not the one to build it. Instead, your son, your own offspring will build it for my name. The Lord has fulfilled what he promised. I have taken the place of my father David, and I sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised. I have built the temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. I have provided a place for there for the ark, where the Lord's covenant is that he made with our ancestors when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire congregation of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. He said, you spoke directly to him, and you fulfilled your promise by your power as it is today. Therefore, Lord God of Israel, keep what you promised to your servant, my father David. You will never fail to have a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel, if only your sons take care and walk before me as you have walked before me. Now, Lord God of Israel, please confirm what you promised to your servant, my father David. But will God indeed live on earth? Even heaven, the highest heaven, cannot contain you, much less this temple I've built. Listen to your servant's prayer and and his petition, Lord my God so that you may hear the cry and prayer that your servant prays before you today, so that your eyes may watch over this temple night and day toward the place where you said, my name will be there, and so that you may hear the prayer that your servant prays toward this place. Hear the petition of your servant and your people Israel, which they pray toward this place. May you hear in your dwelling place in heaven. May you hear and forgive. When a man sins against his neighbor and is forced to take an oath, 
and he comes to take an oath before your altar at this temple, may you hear in heaven and act. May you judge your servants, condemning the wicked man by bringing what he has done in his own head and providing justice for the righteous by rewarding him according to his righteousness. When your people Israel are defeated before an enemy because they've sinned against you, and they return to you and praise your name, and they pray and plead with you for mercy in this temple. May you hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel. May you restore them to the land you gave your ancestors. When the skies are shut and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, and they pray toward this place and praise your name, and they turn from their sins because you are afflicting them, may you hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants and your people Israel, so that you may teach them the good way they should walk in. May you send rain on your land that you give your people for an inheritance. When there is famine in the land, when there is pestilence, when there is a blight or mildew, locust or grasshopper, when their enemy besieges them in the land and its cities, when there is any plague or illness, every prayer or petition that any person or that all your people Israel may have, they each know that their own affliction as they spread out their hands toward this temple. May you hear in heaven your dwelling place, and may you forgive, act, and give to everyone according to all their ways, since you know each heart, so that they may fear you all the days they live on the land you gave your an you gave our ancestors, even the, for the foreigner who is not of your people Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your name, for they will hear of your great name, strong hand and outstretched arm, and will come and pray toward this temple. May you hear in heaven your dwelling place, and do according to all the foreigner asks, then all the peoples of the earth will know your name to fear you as your people Israel do and to know that this temple I have built bears your name. When your people go out to fight against their enemies, wherever you send them and they pray to the Lord in the direction of the city you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name, may you hear their prayer and petition in heaven and uphold their cause. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you are angry with them and hand them over to the enemy and their captors deport them to the enemy's country, whether distant or nearby. And when they come to their senses in the land where they were deported and repent and petition you in their captor's land, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked. And when they return to you with all their heart and all their soul in the land of their enemies who took them captive. Okay, that makes me think of the prodigal son because what what did it say he's went away to this different land and he's living like he's living and then the scripture tells us in that account and when he had come to his senses he returned to the father that's like to me that's what this reminds me of it's solomon saying when people sin because sin happens um you god if they return with sincerity, if they come to their senses and return with sincerity, you hear them and answer them. I just think that's that just that's what that reminds me of, prodigal son. I'm going to keep going. And when they pray to you in the direction of their land that you gave their ancestors, the city you have chosen, and the temple I have built for your name, may you hear in heaven your dwelling place, their prayer and petition, and uphold their cause. May you forgive your people who sinned against you and all their rebellious their rebellions against you, and may you grant them compassion before their captors so that they may treat them compassionately. For they are your people and your inheritance. You brought them out of Egypt, out of the middle of an iron furnace. May your eyes be open to your servant's petition and to the petition of your people Israel, listening to them whenever they call to you. For you, Lord God, have set them apart as your inheritance from all peoples of the earth, as you spoke through your servant Moses when you brought our ancestors out of Egypt. When Solomon finished praying this entire prayer and the petition to the Lord, he got up from kneeling before the altar of the Lord with his hands spread out toward heaven, and he stood and blessed the whole congregation of Israel with a loud voice. 
Blessed be the Lord. He has given rest to his people, Israel, according to all he has said. Not one of all the good promises he made through his servant Moses has failed. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he not abandon us or leave us so that he causes us to, to be devoted to him, to walk in all his ways, and to keep his commands, statutes, and ordinances, which he commanded our ancestors. May my words, with which I have made my petition before the Lord, be near the Lord our God day and night. May he uphold his servants cause and cause the people Israel as each day requires. May all the peoples of the earth know that the Lord is God. There is no other. Be wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord our God to walk in his statutes and to keep his commands as it is today. The king and all Israel with him were offering sacrifices in the Lord's presence. Solomon offered a sacrifice of fellowship offerings to the Lord, 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep and goats. In this manner, the king and all the Israelites dedicated the Lord's temple. On the same day, the king consecrated the middle of the courtyard and was in front of the Lord's temple because he was where he offered the burnt offering, the grain offering, and the fat of the fellowship offerings. Since the bronze altar before the Lord was too small to accommodate the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, and the fat of the fellowship offerings, Solomon and all Israel with him, a great assembly from inheritance of, from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Egypt, observed the festival at that time in the presence of the Lord our God, seven days and seven more days, 14 days. On the 15th day, he set the people away, so they blessed the king and went to their homes, rejoicing with happy hearts for all the goodness that the Lord had done for his servant David and for his people Israel. When Solomon finished building the temple, the Lord, temple of the Lord, the royal palace and all the, that Solomon desired to do, the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time, just as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. The Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and petition you have made before me. I have consecrated this temple you have built to put my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there at all times. As for you, walk before me as your father David walked at, with a heart of integrity and in what is right, doing everything I have commanded you. And if you keep my statutes and ordinances, I will establish your royal throne of Israel, over Israel forever. As I promised your father David, you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. If you or your sons turn away from following me and do not keep my commands, my statutes that I've set before you, and if you go and serve other gods and bow down and worship to them, I will cut off Israel from the land I gave them, and I will reject the temple I have sanctified for my name. Israel will become an object of scorn and ridicule among all the peoples. Though this temple is now exalted, everyone who passes by will be appalled and will scoff. They will say, why did the Lord do this to this land and this temple? Then they will say, because they abandoned the Lord their God, who brought their ancestors out of the land of Egypt, they held on to other gods and bowed in worship to them and served them. Because of this, the Lord brought all this to ruin on them. At the end of 20 years, which during which Solomon had built the two houses, the Lord's temple and the royal palace, King Hiram of Tyre, having supplied him with cedar and cypress logs and gold for his every wish, King Solomon gave Hiram 20 towns in the land of Galilee. So Hiram went out from Tyre and took over the towns that Solomon had given him, but he was not pleased with them. So he said, what are these towns you've given me, my brother? So he called them the land of Kabul, as they are still called today. Now Hiram had sent the king 9,000 pounds of gold. This is the account of the forced labor that King Solomon had imposed to build the Lord's temple, his own palace, the supporting terraces, the wall of Jerusalem, and Hazor, Megiddo, and Gezer. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, had attacked the ca and captured Gezer, and he then burned it, killed the Canaanites who lived in the city, and gave it as a dowry to his daughter, 
Solomon's wife. Then Solomon rebuilt Gezer, Lower Beth Horon, Baalath Tamar, in the wilderness of Judah, all the storage cities that belonged to Solomon, the chariot cities, the cavalry cities, and whatever Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem, Lebanon, or anywhere else in the land of his dominion. As for all the peoples who remained of the Amorites, Hethites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, who were not Israelites, their descendants who remained in the land after them, those whom the, Israel, the Israelites were unable to destroy completely, Solomon imposed forced labor on them. It is still this way today. But Solomon did not consign the Israelites to slavery. They were soldiers, his servants, his commanders, his captains, and commanders of his chariots and his cavalry. These were the deputies who were over Solomon's work, 550 who supervised the people doing the work. Pharaoh's daughter moved from the city of David to the house that Solomon had built for her. He then built the terraces. Three times a year, Solomon offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings on the altar he had built for the Lord, and he burned incense with them um, in the Lord's presence. So he completed the temple. King Solomon put together a fleet of ships at Ezion Geber, which is near Eloth, on the shore of the Red Sea in the land of Edom. With the fleet, Hiram sent his servants, experienced seamen, along with Solomon's servants. They went to Ophir and acquired gold there, 16 tons, and delivered it to Solomon. The queen of Sheba heard about Solomon's fame, connected the, with the name of the Lord, and came to test him with riddles. She came to Jerusalem with a very large entourage, with camels bringing spices, gold, in great abundance, and precarious stones. She came to Solomon and spoke to him about everything that was on her mind. So Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too difficult for the king to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba observed all of Solomon's wisdom, the palace he had built, the food at his table, his servants' residence, his attendants, service, and their attire, his cupbearers and the burnt offerings he offered at the Lord's temple, it took her breath away. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your words and about your wisdom is true. But I didn't believe the reports until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, I was not even told half. Your wisdom and prosperity far exceed the report I heard. How happy are your men. How happy are these servants of yours who always stand in your presence hearing your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God. He delighted in you and put you on the throne of Israel because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel. He has made you king to carry out justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king four and a half tons of gold, a great quantity of spices and precious stones. Never again did such a quantity of spices arrive as those the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. In addition, Hiram's fleet that carried gold from Ophir brought from Ophir a large quantity of almug wood and precious stones. The king made the almug wood into steps for the Lord's temple and the king's palace and into lyres and harps for the singers. Never before did such almug wood arrive and the like has not been seen again. King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba her every desire, whatever she asked, besides what he had given her out of his royal bounty, then she along with her servants returned to her own country. The weight of the gold that came to Solomon annually was 25 tons, besides that, besides what came from merchants, traders, merchandise, and all the Arabian kings and governors of the land. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold, 15 pounds of gold went into each shield. He made 300 small shields of hammered gold. Nearly four pounds of gold went into each shield. The king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. The king also made a large inventory thrown and overlaid it with fine gold. The throne had six steps. There was a rounded top at the back of the throne, armrests on either side of the seat, and two lions standing beside the armrests. 
Twelve lions were standing there on the six steps, one at each end. Nothing like it had ever been made in any other kingdom. All of King Solomon's drinking cups were gold, and all the utensils of the house of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold. There was no silver since it was considered as nothing in Solomon's time. For the king had ships of Tarshish, I'm sorry, yeah, for the king had ships of Tarshish at sea with Hiram's fleet, and once every three years the ships of Tarshish would arrive, bearing gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. King Solomon surpassed all the kings of the world in riches and in wisdom. The whole world wanted an audience with Solomon to hear the wisdom that God had put in his heart. Every man would bring his annual tribute items of silver and gold, clothing, weapons, spices, and horses and mules. Solomon accumulated 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen and stationed them in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. The king made silver as common as Jerusalem, as common in Jerusalem as stones, and he made cedar as abundant as sycamore in the Judean foothills. Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt and Kew. The king's traders brought them from Kew at the going price. A chariot was imported from Egypt for 15 pounds of silver, a horse for nearly four pounds. In the same way, they exported them to all the kings of the Hittites and to the kings of Aram through their agents. Whew. There's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, words in the passages we're reading in, in First Kings, but this is really helpful information for us to have to learn, to understand, to see how God um, moved and how he we're going to learn. We're going to see how God disciplines. We've seen that a little bit with Saul and with David, but we're going we're gonna to learn. Today, we're going to finish off with Psalm 96. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wondrous works among all peoples. For the Lord is great and is highly praised. He is feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, you families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and enter his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Let the whole earth tremble before him. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. He judges the peoples fairly. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and all that fills it resound. Let the fields and everything in them celebrate. Then all the trees of the forest will shout for joy before the Lord, for he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his faithfulness. Come back tomorrow for day 97. It's going to be a good one. See you then.